Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we're pleased to be joined by Scott Dolch, Executive Director of the Connecticut Restaurant Association, and Keith Bollier, owner of the main pub in Manchester, which is celebrating 40 years in business next month. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Morning. Aaron. Morning. There's a lot going on in the world of the pandemic and some businesses reopening later this week, including restaurants for outdoor seating only. Scott, tell us uh, what is happening on Wednesday, and do you have a sense of how many eateries are going to be taking advantage of this? Well, sure. Aaron, first and foremost, thank you so much for for allowing me to be on and, and just uh, giving a sense of where our industry is currently. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, on Wednesday, our, our restaurants will, will uh, have an opportunity to, to open with outdoor uh, outdoor dining, um, you know, following the, the social distancing guidelines that came out of uh, the governor's announcement and the reopening committee. Uh, you know, we, we know uh, that, that there will be, uh, you know, some restaurants will have this opportunity, but obviously in, in, in from an association side, we also know less than half of our restaurants across the state do, do not have um, the capabilities to, 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 to do outdoor dining or even take on that risk um, in the short term. Uh, and even the ones that do uh, are, are probably not going to, not all of them are going to open in the conversations I've had. Uh, across the state. So that's obviously the, the plan here uh, on, on the 20th uh, to, to start outdoor dining and, and starting to, to ease into a phase of, of getting our restaurants um, back towards this road to recovery and reopening their businesses uh, for the indoor side as well. So, um, you know, we're trying to give as much guidance and, and um, you know, leading by example as an association to help these restaurants prepare. Um, they've been preparing all weekend and, and into into the week to, as they get ready, uh, training their employees, going over new training, sanitizing, sanitizing their uh, their restaurants. And, uh, you know, we, we are, you know, looking forward to, to welcoming uh, guests back. Um, throughout the state. Now, Keith, you do have an outdoor patio and you are preparing for Wednesday. How are you getting ready for table service, at least outside? So uh, over the last week or so, we've always been doing a lot of cleaning um, of the patio itself initially um, between surfaces and the furniture. Uh, Obviously, next was to come up with a schematic or floor plan that allowed for the uh, regulations that have been put in place um, in regards to the distance between the tables 
as well as uh, traffic flow, if you will, uh, for the customers when they come in and when we seat them and how we uh, are going to get them to the restroom inside. Obviously, that's going to be a challenge because uh, they're mandated to be outside with the exception of using the indoor uh, facilities. Um, and then uh, trying to figure out um, how we best implement the cleaning standards that, you know, we, we've already had pretty rigid cleaning standards in place being in the restaurant business. Uh, I think that we're probably more skilled set at that than most retail outlets, if you will, for a comparison's sake, but obviously making sure that the staff is really up to snuff on all the new policies that have been put in place so that uh, the perception as well as the view to the consumer makes them feel extremely comfortable to be in that space because we can do all we want and uh, be ready to be open, but ultimately it's going to fall upon how the customer feels coming out. And so we're trying to make sure that our staff is trained, that the facility is looking the part doing the part. Uh, so in regards to what we've been doing is trying to get that all together for our Wednesday launch. Keith, was it a tough decision for you to decide to reopen for outdoor seating only? I'm in a fortunate position in regards to uh, the size of my patio. The normal size of my patio is quite large and it can seat upwards of 130 people in under normal circumstances. So uh, the opportunity to be able to seat half that and uh, when we came up with our social distancing, we're at like 55 to 56 seats, maybe a little less than 60 seats. So that gave us the opportunity to recognize there's an opportunity here to make some revenue. Um, whereas if the patio was smaller, let's say it was just initially had 20 seats and the, you know, the size of it was that, that accommodated just 20, I imagine that that would have been a much more difficult decision to make because to be able to create spacing appropriately probably would have left not many seating opportunities and therefore, you know, bringing in food, bringing in staff, paying the bills all to make that little revenue, uh, would be quite, quite counterproductive. So I do understand where I know that some of our peers are making the decision not to do so because of the size that they have to work with. Scott, to that point, uh, have you heard from other restaurant owners who simply say this is not going to make financial sense for me, so I'm remaining closed or just offering takeout? A lot are. Um, obviously, understanding our industry, um, working off of you know razor-thin margins of, on average, national average, 3 to 5% profit margin, and to, to use that example that Keith gave of a patio that maybe can only normally seat 20 um, can they expand it? Maybe there's challenges to do that with, with, with streets and roads and sidewalks. They can't do those things. Um, you know, it, it's, it's counterproductive. Uh, it's it's going to make it a challenge for them to do it. And without obviously having an indoor opportunity, um, they, they are going to either stay fully closed um, or if they still hopefully still have takeout and curbside, they'll continue to do, to do that. But, um, you know, I think that, that every, every business, and we've told David Lehman through this process is, you know, it's going to be a slow rollout, um, but we have to be fair and reasonable and make sure that all of our restaurants have a chance um, to kind of get back on their feet um, as quickly as we can, but obviously as safely as they can. David Lehman, the commissioner of the Department of Economic and Community Development. Uh, Scott, what have you been hearing from restaurant owners in terms of the financial hardships they've been dealing with along with their employees for the past two months? Uh, it's been it's been Without question, a dire situation. I mean, our, our industry was the first, um, you know, told to close. Uh, we've been hit the hardest um, financially, obviously, uh, not only for the employers, but the employees. We know 
uh, over 89,000 um, food service employees in our state have, have gone on unemployment. And we, you know, my goal, I lose sleep at night trying to get them back to work. And I know businesses like Keese are, are worrying about, you know, all of their staffs and trying to help and support them any way that they can. Um, but it, it is. I mean, we also, you know, with the numbers, you know, our, our industry alone in the state of Connecticut did $8.9 billion in revenue. Um, you know, we know we've lost about $650 million here to $700 million in the first the two months of closure. Um, and and it's it's real numbers. It's real. You know, it, it impacts not only the restaurants. You know, we did a letter yesterday where we had over 130 businesses that had that weren't the owners. They were the ancillary businesses that are impacted by our closures, you think about it, you know, the farmers, the fishermen, the distributors, the, the local florists, um, you know, the, the landscapers, the, the people that, that rely, um, you know, trash collectors talking with the, uh, a trash company the other day that said they, they've lost 700 accounts, um, you know, right now because restaurants aren't open, aren't functioning. So there's so much more of an impact beyond just the restaurants themselves the economically that that, that is a concern of mine that, that we have to try to continue to work each day um, to, to find a solution to, to keep it safe, but obviously get these doors back open for all of these restaurants. Keith, how have the last two months played out for you and your business? <laughs> uh, unlike anything I've ever experienced in the restaurant industry, um, I, I, I guess I would start by saying I always thought I worked a lot before, never thought I could work more, but I'm probably working the double the amount I worked before because unfortunately, day one, we had to lay off our entire staff of over 40 people. And I uh, just left a very small crew myself and two or three other people. And even that dwindled after time. So trying to just keep ourselves uh, afloat by doing takeout um, and, and delivery uh, through third-party service, uh, as well as the curbside option uh, is lent for uh, you know a very, very hard, hard road to do a lot of work with few people uh, for not much revenue. Uh, my, my numbers, I'm down about 85, 86% of what I normally would generate in revenue. Uh, so we're not making any money. We're just hoping to stay open so that we keep ourselves kind of alive in the marketplace. People have always kind of known us for 40 years to never be the restaurant that closes, whether we, it was a snowstorm or power outage. We, we always just kind of always powered through and we're trying to do the same here. Uh, but the challenge has been uh, obviously uh, staffing now that we're trying to get back up and running. Uh, that's become quite uh, an issue for us, uh, somewhat related to people maybe concerned with coming back, some people not wanting to come back, the unemployment aspect of that, where they're maybe making more at home than they would be if they came back, and then obviously the uncertainty of not knowing what business will be like when they come back, um, or trying to get food from our vendors. Uh, there's Now we're starting to run into some supply chain issues, especially with the, the meat aspect of things. I'm sure you've heard a little bit about that. So here we are getting ready to open, and burgers are a huge part of what we do for business, and now I'm possibly looking at paying two to three times what we normally paid for burger meat, which probably lends to not serving burgers, uh, which is unfathomable for me to think about. But so many different challenges daily, like just Scott said, from the you know dealing with the trash companies, dealing with uh, you know trying to get caught up on on past vendors, trying to get caught up on you know past bills that may have been deferred for three months, and now recognizing things are starting to come due, and how you allocate those funds, and then uh, you know and there's just it's been countless, uh, countless the amount of issues that have been presented throughout this. Talk a little more uh, about your staffing. How did the conversation go when you reached out to your workers and said, you know, can you come back? We're going to be doing outdoor dining only. And what sort of training have you had to undertake between then and, and Wednesday? To your first part of your question, um, mixed, absolutely mixed. You know, you definitely have some people that maybe live at home with some elderly people and they're definitely concerned with, you know, going to work and possibly bringing something home. So obviously you completely understand that. 
you definitely have a segment of the of them that have been you know straight up and said you know hey listen I'm, this unemployment is really beneficial to me and my family right now, and I can't give that up. I understand the situation you're in at the restaurant, um, but you know I, I just got to do what's best for me, and I, I understand that. Uh, so we've kind of had to put some ads out and trying to bring some new staff in. Um, that's not always hitting the mark where we want it to be right now. Um, but the people that we do have, we have a, you know, a few uh, that did decide to come back. We have a few new people that are starting. Uh, and we've basically been taking the information that's provided to me via my uh, uh, information line that I get through the Restaurant Association, as well as uh, stuff that the governor has put out in regards to the regulations. And we just basically have have a put a, you know, pinpointed an administrator in our, in our team who's going to be the person to lay out all that information to follow up with these people, make sure that they're consistently aware of what their responsibilities are, not just for themselves, but for our guests. Uh, so that, again, uh, you know, we can continue to move forward and not take any steps backwards. I think that's key here, obviously. Uh, there's some volatility, obviously, uh, when you're opening up your doors somewhat, you know, in the middle of all this, but to be cautious as possible, I, I would hate to want to take any steps back. I want to just always move forward. And, and then another part of that would be moving forward into the dining uh, uh, area of this scenario. And hopefully we can get that going sooner than later and be on par with some of the other uh, businesses that are going to be allowed to open um, come May 20th and not necessarily the restaurants inside aspect. So uh, there's a whole lot to teach them and, and, and in a short period of time. So with that, it's just probably consistency and, and making sure that you uh, always stand on point with them and, and not forgetting that, that they need to be made aware all the time. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Keith Bullier. He is owner of the main pub in Manchester, celebrating 40 years in business next month, along with Scott Dolch, executive director of the Connecticut Restaurant Association. As some Connecticut restaurants prepare to open for table service outside only on Wednesday, Scott, you you referenced the letter that a number of business owners, not just restaurant owners, but across a, a wide array of industries sent to the governor last week asking for restaurants to be allowed to offer some dine-in inside service uh, starting June 3rd, two weeks after the, the outdoor dining begins on Wednesday. And he essentially said, that's too soon. Maybe we can do it on June 20th. Uh, how do you feel about that response? And can you wait that long? No, I think it's a great question, Aaron. I think that the the conversation is still ongoing as I tell our members. And obviously I know um, we understand with, you know, and I definitely applaud the governor's administration through our process here with him and, and being a part of the conversation, listening uh, to him, but also allowing us to express what's going on across the country and, and, you know, the dire situation that we are in and um, for our restaurants. So when that letter kind of was put together and the support we have from not just our restaurant members, but all of these, these ancillary businesses, you know, looking at June 3rd, it is exactly, you know, following CDC guidelines and the data that we look at across the country, 14 days has always kind of been that measuring stick. And, you know, as much as you can imagine, a lot of members that don't have patios were like, Scott, we got to get indoor May 20th. And while he tried to listen, while we tried to listen and, and express that concern that we can do indoor as safe, if not safer than, than outdoor, um, we've also had that conversation about, okay, well, let's be, let's also go to the governor and talk about this June 3rd date and, and express it. So, you know, I'm still going to continue as we look at our peer states around us and obviously across the country. I know, you know, Governor DeWine out there in Ohio, um, you know, last week opened up uh, outdoor and then six days later, uh, it's going to be on Thursday on the 21st, he's going to open up indoor. 
Um, and that's kind of been our dialogue. And I think, you know, we do want to make sure it's the right time um, to open and it's safe. But at the same time, you know, we're trying to also listen to the metrics and those measuring sticks to say, hey, give us those two weeks. Let's continue to look at how this has played out and, and, and work for the restaurants. And we can get a lot of data during that time. But we also, you know, need these restaurants, you know, you know, to start to open the ones that couldn't and obviously expanding to a keys point, expanding some indoor dining service when there's weather related issues or other challenges that he's going to face um, of just trying to do takeout and a, and a small portion of outdoor. So, um, you know, I, I continue to stay optimistic and, and, and applaud the opportunity that we continue to have that voice um, up there in Hartford to express that we are a leader. Um, I think go back to there. We're a leader in safety and sanitation. I mean, we've always been that way. I mean, there's no other industry that has public health in our, in my opinion, that go through a business like Keese court on a quarterly basis, if not more, um, the trainings and, and all the things that everyone needs to have um, to come and work inside a restaurant that is being expanded with the help of the National Restaurant Association and ServeSafe. You know, we're sending out videos uh, throughout the weekend about additional trainings and ways to, you know, we, we did the Connecticut Restaurant Promise. Uh, we launched a couple weeks ago, which is, you know, taking from some ideas from other states, but it's our promise to our employees and to our customers um, of all the things that we, we as an industry will continue to do and strive for um, because, you know, that's, that's been the backbone of who we are and people knowing they can feel safe coming in that restaurant on May 20th and hopefully soon to be followed behind that with an indoor dining option um, after. Now, Keith, I'm, I'm sure you have regulars who show up to the, the main pub frequently. Do you expect any sort of uh, pent-up demand when you finally open your doors? And I'm, I know you're, you're at the mercy of the, the weather somewhat with outdoor dining only. That's the big question, right? Uh, like I stated before, like uh, how, what's going to happen? I, I, we, we're planning, obviously, for uh, a full room and, and how we mitigate that when we may possibly have people that come and the room's already full. Uh, so not, yes, we definitely, being in business 40 years, our regulars are our lifeline and our bloodline and, and fortunate for us. We've seen a lot of them, uh, on the takeout end of things over the last two months and not only once or twice uh, a week, sometimes more. Um, and they've been, uh, there to make sure that we get through. And, and honestly, that's, they, they say that they recognize, they come in, they go, we want you to be here. We want to make sure that you're uh, here on the other side. So I'm hoping that sentiment obviously continues into their ability to come dine outside with us. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, who knows, obviously, like your point, whether uh, everything's weather dependent here as well. Um, so our hope is uh, we're, that it's going to be that way. But uh, you got to make sure that you make them feel that way feel comfortable, make sure they, they feel like this is the place they want to be and that they fe feel safe. And we're doing everything we can to do that so that we can hopefully get that outcome. But the inside aspect of this, I, I can't reiterate enough what Scott's point is, um, you know, even even though I do have that patio, if it's it is weather dependent. So you know, if we have a seven days of straight rain, it doesn't really do anything for me. So we really got to get this in the indoor dining uh Part of this plan in, into effect sooner than later for the uh, livelihoods of so many people that are being so tremendously affected in such a negative way here. Now, Scott, as you pointed out in the, the letter last week, it's not just people who own and operate restaurants. It's all the businesses that restaurants use to, to do what they do. Everything from, as you noted, trash services to the shellfish industry to other suppliers. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we always talk a lot about just the impact and like, oh, restaurants have been hit hard. Well, you got to think of, we're the lifeblood of so many other businesses that that survive. These other small businesses in the state, the 130 small and mid-sized businesses that put their name 
on that letter, I give so much um, credit to uh, their support that they provided because they also, you know, know that the jobs that they're offering to their teams or, you know, the, the revenue opportunities aren't going to be there if we can't get these restaurants back open. And we also can't get them you know, on a road to recovery so they can make it through um, this pandemic. And, and that's, that's uh, you know, really what we tried to express in that letter and what we were trying to talk about is, you know, it, there's so much more than just the 8,500 restaurants and the 8.9 billion or the 160,000 employees. There's, there's so many other businesses that are impacted because of the restaurant industry being shuttered and, and being, you know, shut down for this period of time and, and trying to work to get them back because, um, you know, they're, they're itching to know. And, and I think Keith alluded to that a little bit too, like, you know, them getting back up and running and sourcing products and, and, and trying to make sure that, you know, that time it's going to take and everything else, like all that plays into it. Like, you know, I was talking with the breweries the other day, like they're not brewing beer in, in kegs right now. So even trying to get, you know, uh, a draft beer in, in a restaurant, you know, what is that going to look like? Those dates need to be set and start to let people to plan because, you know, right now it's canned and things like that, but that's an example or the meat packing challenges and, and where we are with, with cost and, and uh, you know, the, like uh, Keith mentioned on the hamburgers, all of that is, there's still going to always be challenges, but we need time to prepare um, and we need to set realistic dates that, that we feel we can control um, I think I go back to Aaron, the, the biggest thing about, and Keith was kind of alluding to this on inside or outside the restaurant industry, we can control the environment, um, you know, to think of what a restaurant was in February and March um, before this shutdown, it, it's not going to look like that. It can't look like that for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, we, we have to control, you know, you know what we can do and, and, and that's, that's been shown in takeout and curbside so far. I know you're going to see that in outdoor dining. Um, you know, we're going to try to t continue to control the experience for the guests where you get brought in, you're going to have your mask on, you're going to, you know, be able to walk safely to your table. Yes, you can take your mask off to dine, but you're spaced out. You're with your group, you're six foot apart. You know, the, the, the server is going to be protected, keeping their mask on. There's not going to be any touching or everything's contactless, um, you know, bringing the meals out and everything else with gloves. You know, you enjoy that meal together. Um, and then obviously you get up to leave, um, you know, put your mask back on and get back in your car. And, and at the same time, that that surface, those seats, those tables are going to be sanitized. You know, there's going to be disposable menus. All the dishware and silverware will get thrown into a commercial dishwasher. You know, you'll have rolled silverware that'll be brought to new, you know, there'll be no condiments at the, at the table. That That is, you know, we understand that. That's part of what we've talked about is you know, that's why we think we can do it safely. We know we can do it safely outside and we know we can do it safely on an inside capacity with this social distancing guidelines and the control is so important. And that's what we stress as an association is trying to continue to provide the leadership and guidance of how to do that um, to, to make people feel confident again about coming back out on Wednesday um, to, to get back to that, that normalcy of, of being able to enjoy a meal um, at, their, at their favorite restaurant and support that restaurant. Now, the, the state and some municipal governments ha have taken steps to, to ease zoning restrictions and provide for more outdoor space for restaurants. H has that been noticeable at the ground level, at the front lines? I mean, have you noticed municipalities being willing to, to work with, with, with restaurant operators? Yeah, I, I can speak. I mean, I know Keith can can speak for, for Manchester specifically, but, but I, I will, uh, you know, I continue to, to commend and applaud the, the first selectmen and mayors that have been on the phone and calling me since, since really we started uh, thinking about um, the next phase beyond takeout and curbside and saying, how can we help? 
Um, now, not every town, obviously we have 169 towns here in, in the state, um, you know, um, might not be as, as helpful, but for the majority, they are, they're, they're, they're calling and saying, Hey, we want to do creative ways. Um, if we can't do indoor yet, we want to expand outdoor. We want to maybe shut down certain roads. We want to, we want to make, you know, an outdoor experience. So, so guests will come out and feel comfortable. So it has been, but at the same time, as, as you can imagine, Aaron, it is a process, um, you know, to try to get certain things passed. Obviously Keith's fortunate because he has that patio and he already went through a lot of the zoning and, and, and public health and all the other fire, all the things that have really already been done, but someone trying to do that for the first time, yes, it's expedited, but you know, the, it's still, a, it's still a process. And I think that we are just continuing to try to help, um, you know, every, every single day we've been helping all throughout the weekend, uh, when there's concerns and trying to make sure everyone's on the same page, cause we're all in this together. I do think the towns understand that the restaurants are their lifeblood. Um, the, the, the engine that moves that town. So they are trying to, they understand the challenges, but they're trying to help. Um, which, which I, which I've been really appreciative to see, um, over the, over the last couple of weeks here and obviously continuing into Wednesday. He is Scott Dolch, executive director of the Connecticut Restaurant Association, joined by Keith Bullier, owner of the main pub in Manchester. Keith and Scott, thank you so much for joining us this morning and best of luck to your business and your industry moving forward over the months ahead. Thank you very much for the time today. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. And as I always try to leave, make sure everyone continues to support um, businesses like Keese and, and other restaurants around your community where you live. If, if, if you don't feel comfortable yet, but take out curbside and hopefully, you know, you start to, to, to feel comfortable to come out to a safe environment here on May 20th for, for some outdoor dining. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.